to the first episode of Starters and Sides, a new food and drink podcast, brought to you by myself, Anna Whitaker, and Neil Davey. Hi, Neil. Hi, Adam. How are we? We're good, I think. Yeah. Strange times. Strange times. <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, what we wanted to do was to start uh, a regular podcast around food and drinky stuff in general. We've both had quite a bit of experience in the food and drink world, not just eating the stuff but also reviewing it uh, and cooking it so we really wanted to bring together a podcast that could showcase everything that's going on uh, across the UK so not just London centric city centric stuff but really have a look at all of the really good things that chefs are doing restaurants are doing producers are doing and have a chat about it pretty much every month so what we want to do is we want to start each one where we're going to talk about where we've been and what we've been doing which obviously at the minute isn't going to be a huge amount. Nowhere. Uh, nowhere. We've Nothing. Been nowhere. Um, and obviously in time, as things start to open up, we can say, yes, we've been to such and such a place and we've done this and we can have a bit of a chat about that. We're then going to really talk about something that's going on in food and drink and hospitality and have a bit of a moan and a whinge or whatever we want to do about things that are going on in the food and drink world. Further down the line, what we want to do is we want to really open this up so we'll be chatting to chefs, we'll be chatting to mixologists, we'll be chatting to farmers, all kinds of things around what they're doing and everything that's going on. And then we're just going to look forward to what we're going to be doing uh, over the next few weeks, which hopefully, as of next week, might be a little bit more than we've been doing for the past 12 months so that's kind of the plan for this we just want to have a bit of fun with it we want to enjoy ourselves uh have a good chat with people um but neil first of all do you want to kind of tell people who you are what you do where you're at yeah sure um well as as the man said my name is neil davy i'm a freelance journalist uh occasional author uh food and travel were the main are the main activities were the main oh, activities oh, oh. will be again will be again the main activities um, yeah, fairly strange CV leading to this point um, from private banking to uh, internationally renowned concert halls to cheesemongering to all sorts of other stuff. Um, but sort of settled into this world mostly because I think the people are that bit more engaging. And what about yourself, sir? Well, uh, food and drink writer of 20-odd years now, very much introduced to the industry by your good self, sir. Um, but in the last five or six years also, I now i am a marketing consultant and I work very closely with food and drink businesses um, around their marketing and their social media strategies. Been fortunate enough to, as you say, a bit like yourself, travel, um, go to some great places for some great food and also very proud of the, the food and drink scene here in Manchester. So currently really looking to get some of my own food and drink writing back up again because well we've kind of been redundant for the past 12 months really uh so yeah that's kind of where we're at so these are the the kind of what we bring to it but the bottom line is we just you know love our food we love a lot of people that are involved in the food and drink industry and they are incredibly passionate people Um, oh steady we have a mutual friend who will Criticise you if you're using the word passionate. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's not a great start to the podcast. Series, Upsetting a friend by the misappropriation of a word. Anyway, uh, let's with love, enthusiasm, yes, yes. a strong, a Ded- strong interest, dedication, in. dedication. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think, but well, I think that's that's the the key, isn't it? I mean, I know we've often joked about the north south 
rivalry, but it's actually, I mean, both areas kind of drive the other on. There's really exciting things happening around where you are and, and further afield. There's really exciting things happening, London, home counties, etc. And And I think because of our friendship, I've always been aware, I've always tried to get away from that kind of London is the centre of the universe thing. I mean, coming up to see you in Manchester or in Stoke before that, there was that, I mean, the first few trips, you're jumping on a train and you, know, you get past Watford and somebody gets on and you're like, well done, you've got a job. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Look, oh, you've got a laptop. Let me show you how that works. If you like, I'll follow you to the toilet and tell you about the running water. There's, there is this kind of, so I've always tried to avoid that. But I think, yeah, there is so much good stuff. And I think all we really want to do, um, as I say, I mean, I used to do, well, we, we both used to do a lot more kind of filmy stuff and show busy stuff. That market became mad, really. It was just, you'd get three minutes to interview someone or six minutes to interview someone as part of some insane junket. Whereas you meet a food and drink producer. No, no food and drink producer that I know has ever gone into this saying, this time next year I'll be a millionaire. Or, I want to be famous, so I've made some cheese. It's there, There's a purity to it. I think there's an interest to it. There's a there's a love. There is. I think, and I think that's what we, we're trying to... Yeah, exactly. And I think also the thing was with film junkets, for example, like you say, you'd interview someone, you'd get three minutes, and they would trot out the same line that they've just trotted out to 30 other journalists before you. Whereas with the food and drink stuff, there's a real, you know, every dish is different. There's a real passion to what they do. Oh, I said the word passion again. Um, <laughs> there's a real uh, interest. Need, in we need a giles on it. Yeah, we need a giles on it. Um, yeah, we'll tell you more about Giles at another point, I'm sure. Um, but that thing of, it, the, the, there is that real authenticity as well around, it isn't just a script. It isn't just them trotting out the same stuff to, to get the, the really good catch lines and you know the sound bites. It, it's there's much more to it in the food exactly. industry. Exactly, that's the thing. I mean, I mean the, the every cheese maker I've ever met has just been well. We, we literally had a metric fuck ton of milk, and I needed to do something with it. I've made this. I think it tastes quite nice. What do you think? Yeah, and there's that. It's it's it's, like it's been done for the right reasons. Yeah, it's we're just trying to do something people trying to do something good and bring something nice to the market and where we can help celebrate that. Um, and the fact that it involves eating cheese is always going to be a win in my book. Yeah. I know it's the same, isn't it? With brewers that we've met over the years where a brewer will say, we have got a shitload of these hops. And actually then we've got, I remember with one brewer, we've got a load of beetroot. We're actually going to make a beetroot beer and just have a go at it. And yeah, experiment and try something else you didn't you never got a film director when we were doing some of the film stuff that go i'm just going to have a go at a 30 second film and see if it works because they had so many people to sort of please and yeah i think that kind of experimentation but also really wanted to uh, bring people together and and use whether it's local producers or really you know really brilliantly creative cheesemongers or whatever it is that there's so much more, isn't there, to it? And that's the kind of pleasure, I think, that we've got out of it over the past few years. And I think there's going to be a renewed energy for that as we, we kind of move on, I think. No, precisely that, mate. I think that's that's absolutely correct. I mean, it's, I think everyone 
lots of people don't go to the cinema, lots of people don't go to the theatre, and lots of people don't watch, you know, binge watch Netflix. But everyone's got to eat, everyone's got a drink, and it's much more of a shared experience, I think. Um, see, palettes are different. Things that you like, things that I like, don't necessarily match up. And I think it's also. I remember uh, my, a friend who's been a food writer for a number of years, somebody once asked him what gave him the right to an opinion. And he'd calculated over the 30, 40 years he'd been doing, or just eating out, he'd spent tens of thousands of pounds on different meals. And he said, that's what gave me the right to criticise this one or not like this one or not celebrate that like everybody else is. It's, but it's a very personal experience. And, and again, I think, I mean, certainly myself, I mean, it's slightly less so after lockdown, amazingly, but, um, so I only ever get offended if somebody calls this a beer belly, because there's a lot more time and effort and money gone into this than just beer. It's been nurtured and cuddled and it's been, it's been so looked after. I I wear the evidence of my love (laughs) for food and drink. There we go. And so it should be. So it should be. I mean, just but on that, you were mentioning lockdown, though, and you know when we said what one of the things we want to do with this is is talk about when when we can where we've been and I have a chat about where you've been in London or down south, where I've been in in Manchester, northwest or wherever it is. But obviously, because we've not been able to go anywhere, and what kind of you know the, how so many of the restaurants have some of them have done it brilliantly, where they've switched to the the home delivery, the cook at home stuff. What what kind of boxes and home delivery stuff have you been having since we've been locked in our own little world? It's been, I think like yourselves, I mean, we've certainly, and we've cooked a lot. We've been getting hold of really great ingredients, going to sort of finding butchers who'll deliver, um, fishmongers who'll deliver, getting hold of fantastic ingredients, had veg boxes from a company called Pale Green Dot, who do a lot of stuff around uh, London and the M25. That's been brilliant. That's forced us to be creative with the cooking um, simply because, oh, here's a bunch of chard. What the hell do we do with that? And having to go through the recipe book collection and find something to do with it and make the most of it. So that's been great. Well, I just, I really just want to ask you something there before you go any further when you're on about this. Now, get, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you order some, was it fresh asparagus? Yes. And you thought you were getting a ton of asparagus. I, or... I, I, I thought I'd clicked the kilo button and I clicked the unit button. So you had one sphere of asparagus. I had one sphere of asparagus. This huge box arrived with various other bits and pieces and a single, (laughs) it was a very delicious sphere of asparagus. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Yeah, the joys of online ordering uh, are not always great. Um, But yeah, we've, um, I mean, recently, probably the two boxes or the the two food boxes, both actually from um, a more northern neck of the woods. So we had the pie from the Parker's Arms. Ah, yeah. Which was magnificent. Felt like a really good. We recreated a really good gastro pub meal at home. It you could actually kind of lose yourself in the sense of this is not something I'd have cooked at home. So there was a beef and mushroom pie in beef fat pastry. Mm. Lovely little um, sort of potato fritter starter with wild garlic. Every everything was just 
elevate slightly elevated gastro pub food. Yeah. Wholesome, simple, really easy to cook. The box that's absolutely blown me away was the Northcote one. Um, Lisa Goodwin Allen uh, is the the chef there. Pops up on Saturday Kitchen. She won pretty much every course on Great British Menu as far as I can work out last season. So Michelin starred quality done at home. Mm. It's an absolute joy to cook it. And we've done a couple of kits from other restaurants which have been delicious, but I've been in the kitchen longer than I would have been if I was cooking myself. Yeah. Trying to you know, find glasses, read the instructions, find the right packet, drop everything in. And there was a huge amount of plastic waste as well, which was a maybe another issue that's for another time to talk about those things. But the North Coat box was spectacularly good. We paced it, just did it across the, the course of an afternoon, like just a really nice, lazy, multi-course Sunday lunch. And it was superb. And everything was so easy, so easy to cook. Brilliant. Hugely impressed with that one. And, so, and you've, I mean, you've been doing the same thing. You had the, the, the Manor Burger <coughs> last week. The, Michelin, yeah. the Michelin, Manchester's Michelin Burger. Excuse me, the three M's, Manchester, Michelin, Manor. Uh, yeah, in... I, I tell you what, I'm going, I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, my wife said, um, by the way, I've ordered the, the Manor burger. Um, and we had to order it about four weeks in advance or something. I, I, I'll be dead honest. I thought, I was thinking, is this going to be pretentious? Is it going to be, you know, a 50 pence size patty that's just, yeah. Deconstructed, no, no, no. yeah, a deconstructed burger. Yeah, yes, build your own yeah. burger. I thought it might have been <laughs> where it would have come in four, like you said, loads of different packets and da 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 da, and we'd virtually have to do it. I thought no, it it was phenomenal, and it's right up there. It's not the messiest of burgers I've ever had, but it was right up there. I it was just incredible, and you could, I mean, we, we you had to go and collect it from Manor, so we went in and. You know, you're waiting. It wasn't that kind of thing of thrust the paper bag in your hand and disappear and off you go. You could still they would see they were finishing it off in the kitchen, socially distanced, of course. Um, it, yeah, I, I was blown away by it. And you and I have shared many a good burger over the years. But, yeah, it was it was good. It was just, <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'm still... Some, yeah. Sometimes good is enough. It's yeah, what, what was great though, and, and, and for I think for us, like here in, in Manchester, was what we did. We, we had to go and collect the burger, as I say, but just across the road, there's um, Blossom Street Social. Their wines and the beers that they've got in there are amazing um, for takeout at the moment, obviously. Um, mainly got Thornbridge beers on the go. So we went in there, we bought a really nice bottle of wine, and then we got I got a few different. Um, Jaipur, still one of my favourite beers of all time. And there's the Jaipur X now, which is just, oh, well, it's been around a while, but it's amazing. That's, so yeah. it was I, that. I, I made the mistake of drinking a pint of Jaipur X once yeah. and then looking up that the X means 10. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, the, 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 the writing's on the tin with that. Um, <laughs> but it was great because, of course, we're in the community of Ancoats, which is just an amazing area that continues to grow. But it was the fact we were going to Michelin-style restaurant to collect our burgers, um, and then while we just before we went, we went across to Blossom Street. We got some really nice wine, some really good beers. It was the whole experience almost. And what I am actually going to throw into that mix was we were proper 
Now, you Southerners would be really proud of me because what we did was I'd been to our local butcher um, about a couple of days before, and they've actually started stocking lock fin uh, oysters and seafood and stuff. Nice. So we had oysters to start. Uh, we didn't have a chicken knife, which was quite interesting. Uh, and could have been a whole game show of its own of trying to get these. these <laughs> um, but then we, we also... Or an episode of Casualty. Yeah, exactly. One of, one well, of the two. Yeah, this is only going to go one, one way. And Charlie's going to be on the scene in a minute helping us out. Um, they, in Wolf's Kitchen, we use some Wolf's Kitchen and we the, the, the lime and jalapeno um, dressing, kind of a dressing on top of the, the oysters. We were proper pretentious, mate. <laughs> oysters for a starter. Man of burgers for a main, and this is just a normal Friday night in Manchester. This is how we rock and roll now. There you go. I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing this, although the fact that you can now do really interesting the fact that yeah, for us for, to go from London to Northcote and enjoy the meal there, you've got to pay for accommodation, you've got to pay for travel, you've got to do everything. But to be able to bring this kit and have it at home is phenomenal. And there was it was a real sense of occasion, and I get the feeling, I get that sense from you having to order the burger in advance. You've got that sense of anticipation. You've got this this weight. The fact you can go and pick up things from other neighbourhood places. There's a there's a real element of just I don't know, excitement. Yeah, which you, which you don't necessarily get with just a, a regular takeaway, and I think that's been really interesting to see, and interesting to see a, a restaurant like. Of the of the caliber of manner, pivoting to a level of, well, we can't do what they can't do what they normally do, and recreate that for the home. But so I know there's the burger. I think they've done a lobster roll as well, mm. and just making things um, that accessible, just to keep things going, just to keep brigades together, yeah. is a, is a really important part of it. It's I mean the on the other place that really really came to celebrate. Is a <clears throat> excuse me is a Hyderabad restaurant in Reading that uh, yeah. somebody introduced me to a, a restaurant called Clay's Hyderabad. It's run by a husband and wife, Nandana and Sharat, and they most of their dining is in the basement room, so they've not been able to open, they've not been able to ventilate, they've not been able to do any of the sort of the regular precautions, but they found a way to pack their food vacuum seal it and ship it around the UK and then now um, they, they got picked up by Jay Rayner in the Observer Tom Parker Bowles in the Mail on Sunday uh, William Sitwell at the Telegraph, he's had them on his radio show The um, two or three of those people and myself have been talking on social media about the first place we're going when lockdown is over is a road trip to Reading well, never thought I'd hear those words come out. Exactly. I don't think I don't think you expect those words out of anybody's mouth. Yeah, you've you've not been anywhere for twelve months. Where are you going? Reading. Yeah, it's it's not it's not really that that kind of destination. But the food is so stupidly good. And we've just I've just put an order in today for some more stuff. They're the nicest people. Do you think it's going to keep going? Do you think this? You know, the fact that. We've been doing this, and like you say, the anticipation. We've we've had you know things from Elite Bistro, Coat at Home, which was amazing, uh, Six by Nico, well Home by Nico, some absolutely exceptional food at home. And like you said, the, the, 
most of the ones we've had, there's been no faff. It's been pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. And really, the bottom line, when you look at the coat at home stuff we had, it was just really nice ready-made meals, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, it's just really good but ready-made the, meals. The Clay's Hydromatty, we, we don't have a microwave. Um, but the vacuum seal, and one of the suggestions is you, you boil it in the bag. I've not done that to a curry since Vesta <laughs> in 1978. And you think, this it feels... It feels like I've taken something beautiful and turned it into something terrible from 40 years ago. Hmm. But it it works. It was it's so easy. One saucepan of water, three bags of stuff. We had the most amazing meals. And it's as you say faff free. When it when people are getting it right, they're really getting this right. And I do hope that some places will be able to carry on. I know places like Northcote, you have to you have to sign up for the mailing list, you have to get onto the waiting list, you have to get in to the website probably about 15, 20 minutes before they go on sale. They're doing 350 at a time. If you're not within that top 350, you might as well log off and come back in a week's time. Once kitchens open and once they have guests again, whether they'll be able to do the restaurant kit remains to be seen. So I think that's going to be a challenge. But I think maybe there's scope for, like Delivery do with these kind of collaborative kitchens where they have, they run the kitchen, various restaurants staff the kitchen, and they use that as the point for the delivery. Maybe there's scope for something going forward where restaurants can combine forces, get into a big catering kitchen, and keep doing these kits and satisfying a more national market. I don't know. Do you think it might go another way, though, in that, say... Say you've got a restaurant and it's it's a hundred it's a hundred covers, hundred seats, hundred covers. Can't say covers either. There's a friend of mine who hates the word covers, but <laughs> there's a hundred people you can get in the restaurant. And actually to go, well, we've got this hundred cover restaurant in the middle of Manchester that's costing us X amount of money to lease this this building. What we're gonna do is we're gonna downsize to say fifty. And we're going to do the eat at home kits and get the best of both worlds. So it could actually change a lot of the whole kind of the, the way we are eating, but the way the restaurants are going to operate. Absolutely. I think there's also going to be a, a I mean, there's, there's a lot of doom and gloom. I mean, there's, there's, we're starting to see now, we're starting to hear of the restaurants that definitely aren't going to reopen the other side of this, the places that are really struggling they haven't been able to adapt in any way or or whatever and i think there's going to be an awful lot of places that become empty but at the same time there's an awful lot of stuff that's happened over the last 10 15 years in particular where we we're already seeing a shakedown of that mid-range of restaurants the sort of the jamie's italians and that kind of thing where they'd rapidly expanded and were found wanting so that sector was going. And it's only really, you only got to kind of go back to like 1994 was kind of the start of what we now see as a kind of a British food scene with the launches of places like um, the River Cafe or St. John. It's still relatively recent, but both of those started because of chefs with a particular vision and able to get hold of unusual properties, which they've converted to restaurants. But it was chef driven. They had... Uh, an idea that they wanted to explore. Subsequently, we've had a lot of places that have imitated some of these uh, sort of original locations. 
And you've had an awful lot of chefs that have maybe got to a certain level in London or Manchester or Edinburgh who then can't afford to open their own place in London or Manchester and Edinburgh. And they're moving further afield. They're maybe going abroad. They're doing whatever. Perhaps now there will be the availability of property and kitchens and restaurants where people can actually go in and start these restaurants that are born from the well, the, the greatest of intentions, like we touched on earlier. So maybe we're, we're trying to look on the bright side. Perhaps we are at the start of this massive restaurant renaissance. Are you hopeful then? Are you are you quite positive? I mean, I've, I've got to be honest. I'm. I can't wait to get back out. I mean, we've tried to support local um, local businesses in Manchester. We've been buying local, you know, say doing the, the boxes at home and all these kind of things. But are you? Do you think that's going to continue, or do you think the floodgates are going to open, and we're just going to go back to the way it was, or do you, how do you? Because I, I really don't know how I feel, Neil. To be honest about this, it's no, it's tricky. I mean, I'm quite I'm quite excited. I've got some uh, couple of restaurants booked over the next few weeks as outdoor spaces are allowed to open again through the summer last year, where bits of Soho pedestrianised the streets and and put tables out in the middle of the streets. Same with Covent Garden. That felt great and safe and relaxed and the restaurants were brilliant. They didn't, you weren't overcrowded, you're outdoors, somebody else is washing up, which I I cannot (laughs) tell you how nice that was after however many months of somebody else not washing up. And I'm really keen to see that. Whether I'm in a rush to get back indoors to places, I'm not sure. Still got to see the data still got to see what happens i do think i think we're going to lose some great names i think there will be a, a big downside to this i think there's going to be a lot of people who've just gone no stuff is for a game of soldiers I'm, I'm done and some long established places that are going to go but i think there is the possibility certainly over the next year or two of a, a new wave of exciting things happening and perhaps more collaborative things happening say perhaps shared kitchens perhaps like the carousel project in london we have a sort of great restaurant space and a great kitchen which they bring in guest chefs from around the world and around the uk perhaps there'll be the opportunity there with chefs who aren't necessarily having their own place at the moment to come in and do the odd week or fortnight or whatever so i think there's i think there's some hope i think we're going to go through some more shitty times. I, I think we may yet get another wave uh, coming in. Um, so I know summer, autumn time. I think we may hit another lockdown. But I think the bigger picture, years ahead, over the next two or three years, I think it could, it's going to be a very different scene. And I think it could be just as exciting as it was. Um, before all this, and certainly back to the days of I know the late nineties, early two thousands, when it was really vibrant, and all sorts of new things were being tried. So where 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 are, you say you've got a couple of restaurants lined up over the next few weeks? So where where are you going anywhere you want to sort of share? I have a table booked at the effectively the Holborn dining rooms, Callum Franklin's, uh, the the Great Pie Man. The Rosewood Hotel in Holborn has a beautiful outdoor space. So they're putting, they're doing the terrace there. 
Uh, I've got a table booked, uh, the Oystermen, lovely little place in Covent Garden. Again, they've moved tables onto Henrietta Street outside, onto the cobbles, in the sun. Basically, beautiful oysters, beautiful seafood, crab and chips, bottle of pick pool, happy days. And with regard to the St. John connection, uh, Rochelle Canteen, which is run by Margot Henderson, uh, which is the uh, St. John's uh, wife of Mr. St. John, um, wife of Fergus Henderson. Um, beautiful little, it's a converted schoolyard, sort of Shoreditch way. They, on their booking site, have the option of, like I said, so there's, um, out, there's kind of open or outdoor, covered and heated, covered. So they've been very, very good in terms of you can go, you'll be socially distant, it'll be well ventilated, you will have a roof over your head in the event of a classic British summer. Uh, and it's just, it's plates of food that you really want to eat. And it's it's perfect. What about yourself? Got anything lined up? Uh, well, we're continuing this week uh, with some of the at-home stuff. We are having sugo pasta. I know you've had sugo pasta kitchen. <laughs> Magnificent. Stuff that, um, started from Altingham based on the, the mama's recipes from years gone by. Now I've got a little place in Ancoats. Love their stuff. Just love the way the guys, the, the brothers that run it, the way they are. Um, we're we're going to be having um, Friday night. We're going to get some stuff from there to eat at home. But we have just booked uh, an outdoor space. I can't remember what day it is now for Jane Eyre. I know you've been there. You've, I took you there as well. Okay. Jane Eyre, gorgeous little bar that actually, it's almost like a little piece of Spain in the middle of Ancoats. It, it's got that feel of it. The tapas is amazing. The, the Sunday uh, roasts that they do are absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, we've reserved some outdoor space for some time in, in April. I can't remember when it is. The wife looks after my social diary, so uh, not really sure what date that is. But yeah, so we're doing that. Um, we've still got some co-at-home stuff left from the order that we did at the weekend. So, uh, I mean, the guinea fowl that we had from there was just sensational. Absolutely sensational. So, yeah, still... I'm kind of a bit like you, easing my way back into things, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know how comfortable I'm going to feel when things do get back to some normality. Of say going into a crowded bar, going to the Crown and Kettle, or somewhere one mm-hmm. of the local bars near us that do amazing real ales. That I don't think standing at a bar six deep, I'm going to feel ready for for quite some time. Um, I know that's not going to happen straight away anyway, but you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not ready for that. It's bad enough when someone walks past me in the street and I feel a little, <laughs> little bit too close. Never mind going somewhere like Albert Sloss in Manchester where, you know, it's hundreds of people in there. But So, yeah, a few things lined up. Um, just just fingers crossed, really, more than anything else, that, that things aren't going to get put back again. And I think you're right. There will be a spike. Um, we're seeing it already in some places in Manchester where as soon as it hit yesterday if you can now meet another family or whatever mm-hmm. actually are these people related because they're standing on a street corner drinking i don't think they're actually related something gave it away but um yeah <laughs> we won't go much further than that but yeah just just fingers crossed really and 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 hopefully things will things will pick up again and things will get back to some sense of normality i think the, the speed with which people pivoted in this lockdown suggests that i think we're all 
hoping for the best, maybe planning for the worst. Yeah. So, and I think hospitality for the most part, um, certainly last year, certainly where they could have outdoor space or open the fronts up and be properly ventilated, felt very secure, very safe. Um, staff wearing masks and visors and having to check in and do all of that felt like hospitality was doing it well. I do think they've maybe been a bit of a scapegoat for a lot of what's without a doubt. Without so we'll so we'll see. I guess you know that the whole I don't know where are we sort of yeah ventilation face hands space foot sort knees booms a daisy. I don't know whatever the current phrase is. Head and shoulders knees and toes knees and toes. <laughs> yeah, it's we'll see, mate. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll but I think yeah, hopeful. But I, I I know what you mean in terms of not in any great rush to get back to a pub. Um, not least because so many great beers have been available via mail order or, as you say, go and collect from great local pubs anyway. Yep, exactly. Well, we what the plan is with this is we will be picking up these things when we when we next chat and put this out. Things might have changed again. Who knows where we're going to be at? But yeah, this is this is the kind of plan with the podcast. We we just want to have a chat and talk about what we think is interesting, and hoping that you find it interesting as well. Um, but yeah, the plan moving forward with all of this is that we'll we'll talk about where we've been, we'll talk about what we've eaten, we'll talk about what we've drank. We'll try not to use the word passionate. Yeah, we'll, try not to use we'll, we'll, we'll try and stay on topic. Or covers. I, I'm not allowed to use the word covers. Um, <laughs> we'll talk. We're going to do some things like where we're going to look at you know chocolate makers in in up here in Manchester and down there in London and brewers. Obviously, we can't do anything on this podcast that doesn't involve beer. Um, so we'll be looking at. Brewers that are down south, brewers that are up north, all these kind of things, and we want to. We're going to be speaking to chefs. We've got some chefs lined up that we're going to be. Neil and I are going to attempt to recreate some of their recipes, and we're going to chat to them about what inspired the dish and all these kind of things. So, got loads of things planned and loads of stuff. Um, so, I think before we go off on a, another tangent, Neil, perhaps we should we should call it a day for episode one at, at this point. I agree. Uh, it's time for a beer. Yes, it certainly is. The, sun, the sun's out in Manchester. I don't know what it's like in London. It's it's gorgeous here. Yes. So blue sky, sun is out. It's warmer here than it is down there. <laughs> just telling you that. Just the yeah. yeah. Just, just the welcome. Just yeah. the welcome is the yeah. welcome is far warmer. <laughs> and in some pubs, the beer is warmer too. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and um, we shall Cheers. see you again soon. <laughs>